Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello. Here we are again with our Women in Electronics Leader in Highlight radio program. Very honored today to have a special guest on our program, Mr. Jim Ferry. Hi, Jim. How are you? All good, Jackie. How about you today? Oh, my goodness. I'm doing great. Very happy to see you this morning and talk to you. Um, Happy to be here. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get started, I will just maybe turn it over to you, Jim, to pretty much introduce yourself and how you got started in the electronic component industry, because we're talking to you at a time right now where you're in retirement, but you are probably one of the best mentors we could have in our industry. So we want to take a lot of nuggets we can from you. So how did you get into the industry and just tell us what companies you've, you've represented and, and then we'll go from there. First of all, Jackie, thank you very much for your kind words. And, you know, I'm thrilled to be able to tell a tale or two here. I did retire in July. You know, the 1st of July, retired from uh, Aero Electronics. And I have been in distribution since uh, 1979. So 41 years of expediting product. You know, a lot of fun. You know, a lot of challenges. But uh, certainly uh, enjoyed my career. I didn't start out in electronics. I, I actually taught high school for several years. I got out of college and had thought to go on to get a PhD in, in English. As a matter of fact, I'm an English major. Okay. So I write a good business letter, but uh, taught high school and I actually taught French as well. I spent my sophomore year in college in France taking classes. So I had a teaching minor in French, got out and, uh, and taught high school president of the teachers association at one point, negotiated with the school board realized that if I needed to, if I wanted to make money, I needed to do something else. I've always been interested in technology, ham radio as a kid, shortwave, et cetera. And as a summer job, after I got my master's degree, I started working an electronic component distributor in Fort Wayne, Indiana, company that was later acquired by Bell Industries, okay, which in turn was acquired by Aero. You know, so I started as a summer job stocking shelves, Mm-hmm. putting parts away, working a Saturday morning parts counter where people would come in and say, hey, do you have one of these? And I'd look at it and I'd go back on the shelves and try to find something that looked to be the same thing. So kind of learned this business uh, from the ground up in that respect. At the end of the summer, uh, when it was time to go back and teach school, I went into my management there. At the, It was Graham Electronics at that point and said, you know, I don't want to go back and teach school. I want to work here and be one of your salespeople. And they said, you're crazy. Why do you want to do that? And I said, well, it's competitive. They're having fun. They're they're booking big orders, fighting against competitors. It's like playing Monopoly with somebody else's money. I want to do that. It looks like fun. You know, I'm a competitive guy. So I I like that. And, And I like the technology of it as well. The electronics itself was fascinating to me. Seeing what customers were doing with electronics was even more fascinating. So, you know, I started expediting uh, is where I started. And, and by the way, if you're in this business, one thing I've learned is you start off expediting everything you do, you're always going to be expediting. Okay. Because what it's all about is helping customers 
And that's one way you do it. Okay. People always need product before it's readily available. Your job is to help. You know, that's one thing, you know, I learned early on is you're there to help people. And by doing that, hey, that's the best way you get new business. Okay. Because customers love to deal with people who've helped them in the past. And you can become their go-to person for that. So, you know, I started expediting for a period of time then moved to an inside sales desk, worked on that inside sales desk in Fort Wayne, Indiana, until the company decided, you know, we think you can do more for us. They moved me to Columbus, Ohio, where I ran a small sales branch. At that time, back in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, you didn't have consolidated warehouses so much as you had local inventory in local markets. As a matter of fact, to even get a franchise from someone like a Motorola, Freescale, NXP today, you would have to have inventory in a given geography in order to get the authorization. Okay, there were very few nationwide authorizations. There were a few, but for the most part, you had to have representative inventory, uh, bricks and mortar, salespeople, literature, everything in that particular market. So, had a little sales branch in uh, Columbus, Ohio for Bell. Did leave after a period of time and went to work for a manufacturer of electronic uh, equipment. It was later acquired by Eaton, but not for long. Went back to Bell out of Indianapolis, which is my hometown, but actually joined uh, the Abnet organization with Time Electronics in Columbus. They were looking for a branch manager in Columbus, Ohio, which is where I was residing. That started a 23-year run with Abnet. So with Time Electronics in um, in Ohio, then moving to Chicago in 98, when Abnet put Hamilton, Time, and Penstock together under, under the Abnet name, they moved me to Phoenix. And so I spent time in the Phoenix location, not at headquarters, but running the sales operations there. And then Abnet moved me to, to Atlanta to run a small specialty division called ElectroAir, which dealt with airframe manufacturing and the airline aftermarket. So kind of a niche business there. You know, certainly a lot of aerospace defense, which took me back to Aero a little over 10 years ago. Uh, Aero was looking to relaunch the Zeus brand, was looking to up their presence in aerospace defense. And so I made the move going back to the original A that I had been with, uh, in, in kind of a convoluted way. But that's my long and sorted career, you know, in this business. Um, the last four years, uh, four or five years at Arrow, working in the corporate headquarters location, directing the uh, asset management, the inventory, and the pricing for the military products, you know, heavy end concentration on uh, military connectors, as well as electromechanical products uh, for the commercial market. So, you know, a lot of different things, mostly running sales branches, working with salespeople. Some of my favorite things are working with salespeople. You got to be an optimist if you're going to survive in sales. So I like working with those folks. So that's a pretty extensive history. And what I'm hearing from you is a lot of moving around, a lot of consolidations going on during your time with distribution, a lot of things oh, happening, yeah. a lot of moves you've made. I think it's a really good point that people should pay attention to is sometimes you have to move <laughs> and not stay in the same position over and over and, you know, for so many years. I think a lot of it gets, a lot of us maybe get stuck in that trap where you might be comfortable in a position. You should just keep moving and, and keep trying new things. So, but you also 
through all your different moves, I'm so curious, this maybe leads us into our next question, is your, obviously your family moved with you. So how was that? How was it? Like, maybe explain that. I know you have, your wife was uh, an attorney, if if I remember correctly. And um, so she moved along with you. So maybe you can talk about that real quick. You know, one of the challenges of moving is when you've done it as much as I did, and part of it was, you're right, there were a lot of consolidations in the industry and a lot of changes. And yeah, I took advantage of that by upper mobility where I could. But it was a challenge because uh, my wife and I, you know, we've been married for well over 40 years now. You know, she's been part of those moves all along and had quite a successful career of her own. While I was in Columbus, Ohio, she went to Ohio State Law School, graduated from there, took the bar in Ohio. Uh, was practicing law in Ohio, and then I had an opportunity to move with time to Chicago as the regional. That necessitated, you know, her move as well uh, to Chicago, and she took the bar again, passed the bar, started practicing law in Illinois. You know, that was a, a joint decision. We decided that, you know, her legal career was young, and this was a great, you know, opportunity for the family together. And then when I was to move to Phoenix and I gave her that opportunity, the idea of taking a third bar exam in Arizona wasn't very attractive to her. But from a lifestyle perspective, we really liked the Southwest. We thought it'd be great to live there. And she got involved in court administration and worked with Maricopa County running their arbitration and mediation programs. And it was very successful doing that. When I talked to her about Atlanta, a little tired of moving, uh, you know, and, and, and of course the challenge with, the, you know, the kids, are, where's home? It kind of depended on where they went to, to high school and there were definitely trade-offs involved. We always made decisions together and decided, okay, what's our best bet as a family together? And there have been some great opportunities that we've, we've enjoyed living in different parts of the country meeting different people, having experiences that we wouldn't have had otherwise. However, there's a trade-off. You know, where's home is a good question. Kids typically respond with, well, home is where mom and dad is. So wherever that may be. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. So, you know, it's really interesting to see. So a lot of the leaders that I talk to, there is a common thread that they do have that committed partner where, you know, you make decisions as a family and that support system is so critical. So hats off to your wife for all the sacrifices and moving around and and making all her sacrifices as well. I think that's uh, lovely. And then also, I wanted to talk to you because it is a different time now with some of our youth coming up into the industry. As you had mentioned in your career, there was a lot of consolidation. So I think with that, it brings you a lot of opportunity to move and advance and try different things. Not as many consolidations right now. What would your advice be to those next leaders coming up in the ranks of, you know, how to navigate their their careers uh, through the time we're in now? I think be open to change, whatever that change might. It doesn't need to be a different company necessarily, but a different level of responsibility, different, you know, hey, you're in sales. You know, I think the best asset people have a little sales in them, okay? And frankly, the best salespeople have a little asset in them as well. 
in terms of understanding the entire business and the puts and takes of what you need to do. So diversifying your experience is, I think, you don't need to move as much as you need to be flexible to change. It's funny, I'm kind of conservative in some ways, but I'm very liberal in others. And that's that's one thing my wife will laugh and she says, he doesn't really like change. But when the big things come along, yeah, you gotta you gotta run for those. You gotta you gotta go for it. That broadening experience it doesn't hurt you. Okay, it can only make you stronger. Mm-hmm. That would be my advice. Well, I really like that because sometimes you just gotta jump, right? You might not always feel ready. You just gotta go, and that's really the the hardest part sometimes. But I think one time we were talking, and you had mentioned too. And this is where I think so many people get hung up, and especially I know just being a woman, um, but guilty about the sacrifices. So you had mentioned one time, don't feel guilty about the sacrifices you have to make. When you know when you make a decision, you just make that decision, and you just move forward, um, and you don't look back with those sacrifices that you had to make. So I thought that was good advice as well. Well, you know, I think the path not taken is always a consideration, a thought that you have whether it be your career, your personal life, you're you're always going to wonder. But don't let fear make that decision for you. Mm -hmm. We'll always look back at things we we didn't do and kind of wonder. But if you make a choice and it's a rational choice, you know, you've discussed it with your significant other, you know, you agree, then go forward. Okay, don't look back. Okay, and if you make an agreement to not do something, don't look back on that either. (laughs) (laughs) Just always go forward. (laughs) I love that, Jim, because I think that's where, exactly where so many people get hung up is that fear or sometimes the looking back or you just make the best decision you can at the time and you, you, you fall forward. If you fall, you fall forward, right? You just keep going. So I've always said, lose battles win wars. Don't get hung up on, okay, I made a bad decision. All right, fine. You made a bad decision. What do you learn from that? You don't grow unless you fail. That's important to do. I mean, I don't think anybody's good, that good that they never fail. (laughs) Very few people are. (laughs) And that's a tough one. It's a tough one for a lot of people. And I would say, in particular, probably women, the thought of failure is so many are, you know, perfectionists. And so the thought of failure is that was where the main issue is where I feel we, um, we address a lot in women electronics, because that fear of failure is very powerful. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, I think, I, I mean, hey, it's clear that women, there's a higher bar that's set for a woman in business. There's no question about it. If you're an aggressive guy, you're a driver. If you're an aggressive female, well, hey, she's just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a different standard, and it's, it's wrong. I mean, there's no question about that. But it, you, can't, you can't sit back and let your future happen. You have to make your future happen. Yeah. To the extent that you can. <laughs> right. So, and I love that, too, because you're talking about making that plan. So while we're on this subject, so with you working in the industry for so many years, I'm sure you've seen so many changes. But what were, what was your experience working with 
women and men and what is your take on women advancing at this day and time? What's your best advice for women advancing right now? So again, I think it it goes back to trying to learn as much as you can, work with your leadership, work with the management within your company, not necessarily your direct manager. I mean, I think the, the whole mentor concept, you know, I think there's a lot of informal mentorship that t- can take place that can be sometimes as effective or more effective than a formal mentorship program. I look back at my career and I spent a lot of time talking to my manager about the business and trying to understand, hey, in this particular situation, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think about that? And just having kind of informal conversations. Uh, now, if you can't get that, a formal program is certainly a great thing. But, you know, I think looking at that and, you know, looking back over the years, yeah, I was, I was talking to my wife just last night about, Justice Ginsburg's passing, how much things have changed in our lifetime. And I hadn't realized this, but my wife said, you know, when we were first married, I couldn't get a credit card without your signature. Mm. And I'd forgotten about that. It was not something that resonated with me at that time. But if I look back at the business, there were very few female field salespeople. There were some inside. But there are a lot of clerical folks and and all of that. And that's changed through the years. Certainly a lot more female uh, field salespeople. Some of the best field salespeople that that I ever hired were female and the most effective at servicing their customers. Not all, but many of them were. And, you know, I think that next level, certainly within management, you know, it, it has gotten much, much better. But we still have a long room, a long way to grow before it's the way it should be. Yeah. And I think you talked before, too, about women advocating for themselves, Um, you know, always letting their manager know, keep me in mind for those next positions, staying positive, uh, that sort of thing. That's something that I've I've heard you talk about before. Absolutely. Managing people, you you tend to get a little myopic if, if you're not careful. You know, hey, this is what this person does. That's kind of defines them a little bit. When someone wants to do more, that definition changes. Okay. But if I don't know it, you know, I may not see it. Now, sometimes I do. And I think good managers do. You know, good managers should always challenge their people to do more, not to just pile work on, but to find out, hey, what are the capabilities? Have they been maximized? Can they be developed? But if you're an individual, and you want to grow, and you want to do more, you owe it to yourself to let your manager know that, to let other managers know that. Because people will think of you when opportunities arise and develop. Right. And real quickly, too, we're, we're getting to the end, but I just, if you can comment real quick, because you've mentioned this in the past about lazy leadership <laughs> and how that all goes back to biases. And when you just rely on your biases and you don't check yourself, that's just lazy leadership. Can you just get into that real quick? Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and I was kind of referring to that before when I, when I said I may not recognize it. Well, that's probably my fault because I'm not looking hard enough. And a manager's job is to develop the next generation of leadership. I was in this business for 41 years. Okay. I'm not any longer. We need people 
right. smart young people, smart young females, not necessarily young, but younger than I am, you know, to step up and take leadership positions. You know, leadership isn't doing their job if they don't see that and facilitate that, which is what I'm really happy to see with what people like Alan Bird have done with with Women Electronics. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's fostering that and taking positive steps in that direction, which I think is pretty cool. He's not the only one, but you know what I mean. People tend to identify with people that look like themselves. That's a not necessarily a positive thing. That's why diversity is so important because we get beyond some of our own barriers um, when we think in those ways. Uh, and it opens up opportunities for women, uh, for minorities. You know, I look at, at, you know, my daughters, their opportunities are much greater than what my wife's opportunities were, but they're still not the way that it should be yet. Well, on that note, you are absolutely right about that. That's what we're here for with Women in Electronics. And it has been so nice talking to you, Jim. Um, thank you so much for all your leadership in the industry. I just want to say I didn't get to work extensively with you, but I did get to work with you a little bit. And you were just somebody who was always just super sharp on the ball, somebody who was willing to always help. Like you had mentioned that I found that to be very true. Kind of sad to have you leave the industry because it's always nice to have people like you there. But I'm really happy for you. Hope you enjoy your retirement and your family and enjoy all the hard work you've put into your career. And and hopefully you're just having a good time. Well, thank you, Jackie. I really appreciate the opportunity. Good luck and good selling, folks. All right. (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.